What happens when the bitter rage script you wrote when you were off your medication becomes one of the most iconic cult gay films of all time? I'm Nito Kitchen, tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Rod Cooking Association, we prove we can do bad parodies better than the straights <laughs> as we watch another gay movie. This movie is what happens when you throw everything at the wall, and luckily I'm joined by two friends with insider information about scenes or movie parodies that just didn't stick with this one. First up, she's the reference that got away. It's Amelia. Hello. My name is Werner Hudson. <laughs> and I am the sad beige parody for sad beige queers that did not make it. <laughs> and I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator. On Shut up. <laughs> I, I had to explain to my partner who Werner Herzog is the other day, and it was like I don't even know how to describe Werner Herzog. Like if I think about it, <laughs> and so I was just like he's, you know, a thing. And so now I have to show him Grizzly Man. Um, next up. <laughs> they kept Sean Penn away from this movie for better or for worse. It is Roe. Hi everybody. My name is Ro, and this week I'm cosplaying as that scene from Animal House where the guy plays the William Motel overture on his throat. <laughs> Not that I think that it deserves to be in this movie, I just always thought that that scene was really cool. <laughs> so it definitely doesn't deserve and you, to be in this movie. <laughs> and you can find me once in a blue moon on twitch.tv slash Ro. <laughs> Before we get into our thoughts, let's give you a spoiler-free taste of this film. And this is the original release, not the director's cut, unless one of us accidentally watched the director's cut. Uh, another gay movie follows yeah. four... Huh? Oh, I did watch the director's cut, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Maybe I did? I don't know. I just watched whichever one was available for rent on YouTube. That's what I watched, too. So two of the three of us have watched the director's cut uh, for this for this episode. Um, another gay movie follows four recently graduated legal-age teenagers as they make a pact to all get laid before they head off to college and the shenanigans and cringe humor that follow them, that follow them along the way. What? I want to emphasize that this movie wants to offend you and tries very hard to do so, and some jokes might be triggering for some people. But if that sounds like what you're looking for and you haven't seen it, go check it out and come back later. All right, so I think they're gone. Uh, uh, so uh, what did you think of this movie, and how does your opinion change when I tell you most of its fans uh, uh, are actually extremely enthusiastic about it? Um, I can see that being a thing that's true. Yeah. Um, this movie is like every American Pie parody slash scary movie slash, like, I don't know. It kind of gives off that vibe, right? Yeah. It does, but I wouldn't call it a parody so much as a remake. <laughs> Like a shot for shot remake. Like a yeah. shot for shot uh, remake. <laughs> this this is this is American cream pie. This is gay swapped American pie. <laughs> um, American quiche. Thank you very much. American quiche. Oh my god! Can we just? I, I want to talk about the word quiche. Um, because it is. You know, you know how bourgeoisie is like just like the worst word ever when it comes to spelling, because it's not spelled mm -hmm. like anywhere near how it sounds, and it's the same thing for like quiche. Like it should be k e e s h. That's 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 it. Quiche. There's a reason for that. Well, I don't want to hear it because it's both blasphemy. Of those, both of those words are French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to watch a French movie in like two weeks, and I won't understand that either. So, uh. Um, Just watch it with Remy. You'll be fine. <laughs> Remy um, hasn't spoken French to me yet. So, um. I am actually, and this is a true story, at the time of recording... Um, about a week or so ago, my favorite food YouTuber, Claire Saffitz, uploaded this amazing quiche recipe. 
and I've like been jonesing to try it out. And then I watched this movie and I'm like, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. I don't think I ever wanna I don't think I ever wanna look at a quiche again. (laughs) Congratulations. Another gay movie. You've ruined a food for Roe. And for And I fucking love quiche. I love quiche so much. And I never want to look at one again. So I think one of the fascinating things about this movie is that the director apparently wrote it spitefully after being told that his previous film, Gypsy 83, wasn't gay enough. So he basically made a gay film with the most queer stereotypes per minute we've ever seen. And because of that, it's kind of perfect for dissecting and and analyzing how those archetypes have evolved. So let's go through the characters. And we watched Queer Duck. Yeah. And first. This period. is like the yeah. this is like the gay queer duck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so let's go through the characters and our thoughts, uh, but also bring up what we think their counterparts nowadays would be over a decade and a half later. Doesn't that sound like fun? Absolutely. All right. Yes. I'm down. Let's All right. go. So first up, we have our main character, Andy Wilson. Kind of the every gay, you know, extremely horny and white. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you thought of him. I mean, I think Jason Biggs I... just does a spectacular job. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That was Jason Biggs? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, he did kind of look like Jason Well, Biggs. yes, because they were casting based on American Pie, and he was the Jason Biggs character. Oh, that makes so much sense. I mean, he's no, he's no Tobey Maguire. That makes, that makes, like, too much sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, I don't know. He was just, like, every other horny teenage character and like, a 2000s era comedy. <laughs> I think his dad made the absolute correct decision and was like, here, son, have some anal beads and for the love of God, stop terrorizing your mother's vegetable garden. No, he took the anal beads away, remember? <laughs> no, no, no. He he bought a little tiny set for the son oh. and then he bought like, like, it wasn't even anal beads, it was like an anal rope. <laughs> What do you think his? Yeah. What do you think his, his uh, counterpart, like in today's like m- movies, when it comes to like archetypes or stereotypes, would be? Mm, I'm imagining like like a TikTok baby gay. You know what I mean? Got the haircut. He's doing like the lip bite and the hand thing where they like duck their eyes behind their hand and they do little. You know what I mean? He's, yes. He gives off kind of, like, little baby TikTok gay energy. And he's, like, 18 years old and thinks he got it figured out because he's gay all over TikTok. Yeah, that's who Jason thinks. I kind of feel, like, I watched uh, a GBF, uh, which is a movie we'll get to, because uh, it has... So many. It has Megan Mullally. It has uh, Natasha Leone. Like, what more could you ask for? And then they have more. Um, and that Ivana Lynch is in yeah. it. She's amazing. And continue. That movie also has like a pretty good number of sort of like quote unquote like current queer archetypes and stereotypes when it comes to its characters. And I kind of think like the main character of that would be a good sort of like um, parallel for, like, today's, uh, like, counterpart. Like, because he's, like, yeah, I mean, trendily I think, gay. I think, I think he's, he kind of reminds me of, like, the same archetype as the main kid from I Love Simon, um, from Dorian Blues. Which is, you know, kind of the I don't know. Simon kind of gives me more, like, straight gay vibes. Whereas, like, Jason Biggs... Doesn't really give straight gay vibes because, like, the first scene you see him in, he's like asshole deep into a carrot. He seems more like he's just like kind of. Like, go- <laughs> he seems more like he's just kind of going for it, you know? Like he's he's there for the yeah, liter- fair, literal fair. and metaphorical ride. Fair, he's young, yeah. gay, and here for a good time. 
So uh, next up is a Nico Hunter, Fim and Fashionable, uh, mostly played for laughs in this movie, but how did you like their shenanigans? Um, that was the one with the Midwestern mom, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> She's a beloved, beloved American institution. What's Stephanie McVeigh? She's amazing. I saw her and I'm like, what are you doing in this movie? You're too good for this. It's because she was in Gypsy 83. <laughs> and I think also Edge of 17. So she's kind of like in this director, all of this director's movies. Yeah. Wait, is this the same guy that did Edge of 17? Uh, he wrote Edge of 17, or co-wrote Edge of 17. Oh. That's so interesting. Because this movie, like, stylistically is so far away from that. But that's another discussion. Nico. Nico? Like, at the end of the movie, I was like, wow, surprise, Nico actually is a top. <laughs> like, big ups to you, Nico, for knowing what you like. <laughs> Way to go with that uh, shocking uh, twist. Uh... Hey, you know what? <laughs> it's not that much of a spoiler. Was, and if w- they've stayed this long into the episode, w- they should know. Was, was, that, was, that a, uh, was, was that a reference to uh, M. Night Shyamalan? What the twist? What a twist. <laughs> uh, Nico, I think, is the m- most stereotypical as far as like what mainstream assumes uh, constitutes like um, traits for gay characters. Um, and I think, like, obviously, we have like a. M- it's weird because it's not weird, but like it is weird to think that like there was a pushback to sort of more feminine characters for a bit, but now more so people are embracing them, which is really good. Um, you know who Nico reminds me of? Uh, kinda is like like James Charles. I can see that. <laughs> Don't you kind of get that, like, like femi, like, makeup influencer kind of vibe? They've done they've done some sketchy things, yeah. <laughs> they've probably done some really horrible things you will never know about, and we'll get into in the sequel. Um, Ooh, spoilers. We haven't watched the sequel not, yet. It, well, well I haven't watched it's it It's not yet. a spoiler if it's a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if we're continuing this trend of like, what kind of character would they be nowadays? Definitely like, like problematic fave like YouTube apology maker. I can also see like you know even though they were around at the time and literally will be in the sequel, they they kind of remind me of like current day RuPaul, hmm. and sort of like the the. Uh, yeah. the drag the drag race community sort of like contestants, especially like uh, Lemon, you know, um, I think is a good one. Oh yeah, like modern day Nico would be probably obsessed with drag race. Mm-hmm. Such... They've tried to get into drag race. <laughs> so many auditions. So tapes. Many. Oh my goodness, that would be such a funny scene if they were to remake that movie like now. I mean, they just released the director's cut. I don't know what more you want. Um, so for some reason, our other two main characters don't have last names. Um, and so uh, let's circle back around to the idea of the, uh, you know, the straight gay with Jared. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Jared is definitely straight gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, could be on a sports team. Like, definitely keep... Like, if he wasn't in, like, the big gay friend group, would probably be super DL. He's, he's like the... Per- he was the counterpart to Cl- Tris Klein's character in uh, American Pie. Like, the sports jock that just actually is shy and a virgin and, like, has his, like, little nerdy friends. 
Wait, this movie references American Pie? <laughs> no way. No, you're that's that's gotta be that's gotta be wrong. Uh uh yeah, totally. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta see him as, um, well, what's a good example? Um, there, there's characters in shows in the 2010s when, you know, people were putting more gay characters in, but they were afraid if they made them too, like, gay, then, you know, audiences would turn off. So they just say you mean Will from Will and Grace and get it over. I was thinking that exact same thing. (laughs) Will and Grace was before this, wasn't this? Wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. So because Will and Grace started in 1997, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Will and Grace is late 90s. So, but I'm talking like now. There's like all these TV shows that had added like gay characters, but they made them like basically incidentally gay. It is like uh, if you. It's like flashback to me complaining about Love Simon, um, where it's like the characters are are gay in attraction only, but not in like um, not in like history or culture. Um, it takes a bit of commitment to be like culturally gay. Yeah, but that's why we have the internet. Because Lord knows they won't teach gay kids these days how to be culturally gay unless they have access to, like, WoW Presents or Logo or listen, whatever the fuck. Listen Pluto here. <laughs> listen here, you with your Tubi. Go to Tubi. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, what yeah. about me and my liberal agenda, Amelia? Oh, what? Next you're going to be telling us that there are such thing as binary numbers? <laughs> or bisexual people? Yeah, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That reminds So, full disclosure, like, uh, last year was the 15th anniversary of this movie, and the Evie Club did this... Um, really intensive interview with the director and most of the cast um and the actress who played muffler i think it's uh let me find her name ashley so the person ashley atkinson yeah who is amazing um she actually has stories about like how there was a lot of bi erasure when they were doing when they were taking it to festivals and stuff because she was like you know i'm bi and they're like and I'm paraphrasing that they're like, you're either lesbian or straight. Yeah. And I do not like that. <laughs> um, yeah. This is this was back in the day of, like, problematic gay movies. Yeah. Yeah, like, like right. Queer Duck. Like... Like Queer Duck, yeah. Our there, was, there was this thing, like... Um, and I guess American Pie played into this a little bit, and also, like, like scary movie and all the scary movie-adjacent sort of films, they kind of play into this angle about, like, this movie's a little nasty and a little wrong. This movie... And, Miss- like, edgy. <laughs> Not, this isn't a PC movie. Don't take your parents to this one. Speaking of, you know, that's a that's an attitude that a lot of like edgelord millennials have really like clung on to in their old age. Yeah, because that's how that's how they like described every like of these new sort of like borderline gross out teen comedies is like uh, un aggressively un PC and stuff. Uh, Right, offensive to be offensive. Yeah. Um. Speaking of unoffensive things, uh, let's have uh, a talk about the nerdy and in love with Jared uh, character, Griff, um, who is smart but shy and kind of that kind of gay, you know, that has to get their, you know, eventually get out of their comfort zone to win the one they love. My favorite thing about Griff is that he looks exactly like Griffin. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, so Griffin McElroy, 
uh, and feel free to look this up while I'm saying all this, is one third of the podcast, my brother, my brother, and which is one of the biggest podcasts available pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Not that you should stop listening to this and go listen to my brother, my brother, and you said it you again do that on your own time. But I think it's so funny that they named this character Griff. And that there was a griffin that came into popularity not too long after this movie was yeah, made. Yeah, Peter Griffin. I Like, I, yes, exactly, <laughs> Peter Griffin. Um, <laughs> I, I made a joke about it in my notes, and then they said Griff's name, and I was like, this is way too uncanny valley for me right now. I, I have to pause the movie for 30 minutes. <laughs> And process what I've just seen. <laughs> I liked Griff as a character. <laughs> Who do you think his counterpart, besides the person that we're be- that we're censoring, um, would be nowadays? Mm, I think that like the gay nerd stereotype hasn't aged that much since, like, except now it's probably more trendy to be nerdy. It's definitely more trendy to be gay. Like, so maybe Griff would be, like, slightly more popular of a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be a little more part of the in-crowd. I'm kind of ashamed y'all aren't bringing up Dynastud. You know what? Oh, yeah! Now that you say I, like, actually went back and re-listened to that episode recently. That was... That was a trip and a half. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Alright. Um, this movie has a lot of secondary cam- uh, characters, cameos, you name it. Ashley Atkinson played the obnoxious bull dyke Don Muffler and went on to be one of the most frightening villains in the TV show Mr. Robot. I love Mr. Robot. You should... Watch that, even though we're going to censor that name, too. Uh, we have Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall as Andy's father. Graham Norton as the sexy foreign exchange teacher in To Be ADSM. Oh, and also Mink Soul was in this. And uh, You two know how much I love Mink Soul and John Waters, but I am kind of... Mm. So they put her scene into the director's cut, but it was a deleted scene in the original. Um... And I I was a big fan of that scene. I I love an absolutely deranged Mink Stole moment. Like, doesn't she she kinda give off that um oh god, what was the movie? Um, Desperate Living, where she's, like, yelling out of the window at the children playing baseball in her lawn, and she's like, (laughs) What about my life? Do you have enough allowance to pay for that? (laughs) It kind of gives me, like, old school, like, John Waters Mink Stole vibes, and I'm really glad that they put the scene back in the movie. I I like the energy... (laughs) I'm a little mm, on, like, the actual, like, disc- uh, handling of the topic, but I love Mink Soul, so I'm very torn on everything. You know, I'm not gonna lie, everything she said in that scene kind of went over my head. I was just, like, fangirling over the fact that Mink Stole is in the movie in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about it, because technically it's not in the movie that one-third of us watched. Uh, <laughs> it just acknowledges existence. I think this is a great way of handling things. Uh, so, does that mean that your favorite secondary character was Mink Stole? Um, AKA Buttercup? Maybe. Um, I don't know. Graham Norton and his traffic cone nipples. Maybe, like... What is it with these parody movies and, and weird nipples? Like, it was Tim Curry in one of the scary movies, too. That, it, that just, They just had, like, huge nipples on him. I don't get it. Why are nipples funny? Like, I can imagine, like, Graham Norton's showing up to set 
and like seeing the costume for the day and being like, oh yeah, this day is going to be fun. <laughs> Not going to lie, I do want that prosthetic penis. Um, if you have it out there, that... send it to me. P.O. Box, uh, never mind. P.O. Box 42069. <laughs> I asked for that and they said it wasn't available. <laughs> so I just got like a generic one. Ugh. P.O. Box 24601. Close enough. <laughs> They'll figure it out. <laughs> who, who is your. P.O. Box 525,600. <laughs> who, who is your favorite secondary character, Amelia? Um, I liked. Uh, Nico's mom. <laughs> she, uh, I've oh, been really yeah, into this she's TikTok. Amazing. This TikToker that, like, is this Midwestern mom, and or that's, like, her handle. And she just does Minnesota salads that aren't really salads. And she reminded me of her, so I really liked her. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to show me this when we finish. Oh, they're so good. They all have so much cool whip. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my god. We're just going to have to compare TikToks after this. Yes. Why don't we talk about this movie's sense of humor for a second? It certainly feels like a movie written by someone angrily mumbling, I'll show you gay enough, over and over again. Yeah, yeah that actually, this, when you said this that, is a spite I didn't know project. That, it, like, really kind of shifted my perspective of the movie. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because, <laughs> like, even... I, I, I enjoy... The thing... I love that we're talking about Queer Duck again, because we get to bash Queer Duck. Um, that came out <laughs> wrong. I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> uh. May I just say, we at the Gay Echopod do not stand for queer bashing, duck or otherwise. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, no, like, because, like, Queer Duck has a lot of a lot of gay jokes and a lot of, uh, you could argue, over-the-top characters of gay stereotypes. But this one feels way more honest uh, and knowledgeable about gay culture, uh, uh, sort of like, uh, different types of gay groups, like the BDS BDSM community, um, and it feels more genuine, like, probably because, like, the majority of the creatives were actually gay, and Billy West isn't in this, um, I don't know why I hate Billy West, I don't hate Billy West, it's just... He's so in the zeitgeist of voice actors that he's the first one that comes up in my head. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think this does... Yeah, it does kind of have similar to Queer Duck energy, though. Like, they both have a Paul Lind impression, only this movie is being done by, like, an 18-year-old. And let me let me just honestly say this, because it kind of pisses me off. What 18-year-old in the early, mid, late 2000s do you know that would have been, like, knowledgeable enough to do a pollen impression? Because I don't know any. <laughs> Even myself. Like, <laughs> it's just not happening. <laughs> There's also that... Not believable. <laughs> both, of, both of the movies also relied on parodies of other movies and stuff like that. Um... And although this actually now that I think about it, this one I was gonna say they both had a pretty good amount of cameos or parody characters based on other like celebrities but I think this one the majority of them were actually actual like queer celebrities like Ant like haven't I, you remember Ant right Am I the only one that remembers Ant? Okay. Um, when I heard that Ant was in this movie, I thought it was like Ant from Ant and Deck, and um, then I looked Ant up, and he like apparently sued Ant and Deck for being called Ant as well. I'm like, nope, definitely a different Ant. Got Scott Thompson and Lipstick. Uh, uh. 
You have you have a pretty good amount. I'm surprised like John Waters didn't show up to be honest in either of these movies, uh, especially since they got Mink Stole in it. That would have been fun. Um, there's there's certainly a lot of cringe and offensive humor for the sake of being offensive humor, and we could be here a while going over every single thing that was and just discussing like has this aged well. But I want to start by uh, uh, asking Amelia, who has said before that this type of humor is up her alley, specifically cringe. Uh, so I want to know, squirrel, uh, if this humor was up her alley, and I'm not excluding you, Ro, I'm just working on, with my, on, on this Amelia cringe thresholds uh, side project I'm doing in PowerPoint. Um, no, go for it. So, Amelia... Mm-hmm. I've said too was much. Was this enough cringe for you, or was this or was just just enough? I don't know if I would consider this cringe humor so much as like kind of shock humor, and like also just like a lot of like kind of uh, gas and poop and fart and cum joke humor, which isn't really up my alley as much. <laughs> I can't think of other other gay movies that have had like poop jokes. I'm sure there are, but it just seems so rare. Um, okay, uh, and Ro, uh, did you, what about this movie kind of did you find the most appealing when it came to its jokes? What was the most, like, hilarious things? Um, I mean... Thinking back, I think some of the 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 prop humor was really good. Like the dad pulling out like the Christmas tree size anal plug from the gift bag was really funny. Um, I like that they called the high school uh, Santorum High School, <laughs> and that's like the first frame of the movie is the sign that says Santorum High. Like you know that you're in like a mid two thousands like gay fever dream. Like, from the first frame of the movie. That, like, delivered well to me. Um, the gerbil jokes aged poorly, I think. Um, there was an Elizabeth Taylor, like, wire hanger joke at the beginning of the movie that I was, like, rolling my eyes over a bit. Um... (laughs) I think... Like, yeah, I think the most effective thing to me was probably, like, the prop humor. You know what's not effective for me? What? What, what is that? that? Racism. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. I was wondering <laughs> when we were going to get into this. Great segue. <laughs> look, look, is it really racism if it's just casual... It's very not casual for Tiki. Um, it's very, very. Oh the God. the answer is yes. It is still racism. I, How much money did they pay Angela O to do that accent? Uh, the answer is not. not hold enough. on to that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold. Put a put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Pin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the, cat, the cat's out of the bag, NATO. You know how we have this oral history from the AV club that I mentioned earlier um, that goes through this movie and everything? Um, one of the few interesting things to me about it is that Todd Stevens, who directed this film, said that the one thing he would definitely do differently if they made it today was to rework Tiki's character. Um, so that's the first thing. Secondly, from the same thing, uh, or from the same interview, I want to be fair to Angela O, who portrays Tiki. She really enjoyed the film, says she had been working on a similar character embracing Asian stereotypes before she was cast, and, I'm paraphrasing, sees her character as an over-the-top parody of Asian stereotypes instead of a continuation of it. 
to Todd Stevens' credit, he did bring her in for the director's cut to do ADR and replace her accent, but afterwards Angela O oh said she liked the character the original way Tiki was portrayed, and that led to the, them keeping the original audio. Uh, to quote Angela O oh on her character Tiki, I don't know that we can go back and censor everything. But it should be a conversation. If it offends someone, that's worth acknowledging. But that doesn't mean it should be the end of it. Because then we can actually see our history and see these victories made by more inclusion, openness, and acceptance. You can't erase everything. And we're going to come back to this in the sequel. But I think that's something we've discussed on here with other films. Uh, when it comes to how far we've come from these depictions and where we are now. And we can extend that to a good chunk of the humor of this film. I think its depiction of BDSM culture, specifically when it comes to the subject of consent, uh, was good with Graham Norton asking specific questions for permission, but I don't think he asked for consent to broadcast the session online, which gets into even more ethical questions uh, parallel to them hacking into the shower cams right before. But the main thing is that I'm, I'm kind of curious your thoughts um, on sort of Angela O's uh, view of her character. I mean, everyone deals with like this, like growing up, you know, in a racist society and like, especially as a person of color, like, you know, differently. And has a different relationship with that kind of stuff. So, like, I don't know. I'm kind of neutral to her take because it's not a take that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, I think it's a pretty common take. And it is what it is. Like, you know, if she feels like she wasn't offended by it, then she wasn't offended by it. And she was within her right to, like, take the role and stuff like that. Um, if other people are offended by it, though, like, that's got to be respected, too. So... Um, I'm going to preface my take on this by saying I am not a person of color. In fact, I'm so white that if I stand out in the sun, I will, like, cast glare <laughs> on my surroundings. But I think, yeah, she's entitled to have that opinion of her own performance. But also, there's this understanding that you can't control how people receive the things you do so especially like this far away from the time of its release like uh full disclosure we were planning on doing this episode a lot earlier and then had to scrap it and postpone it because um our former president he who must not be named was making very incendiary comments about Asian people. And there was a lot of, like, Asian hate and Asian racism going around. And so There's that a lot more than is that. a there were, very there real were thing. There being, you know, assaulted. Yeah. And, like, a huge wave of anti-Asian, anti-Pacific Islander hate. And it, was, and it was being encouraged by people who should have known better. <clears throat> Uh, like I mean, let's be named. honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. Um. So that that we can look back on it now and say that's a lot. Yeah. I think that we're at. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Like for for me, who um. I, I think I might be the whitest person here, to be honest. Uh, like, it's going to hit differently for me than someone who is of Asian descent, you know? Or uh, even someone who's just not white, because they've had to deal with things I will never uh, have to deal with. Um, I think... I don't want to discount Angela O's like own view of her character and the fact that she had been working on a similar character before she got cast. I think she's well within her right to create the characters and stories she wants to portray. 
I also kind of... I'm going to say this, and then next episode, I'm going to play this clip where I say I'm going to say this and then take it back next episode. Uh, I'm kind of proud of Todd Stevens for recognizing for the director's cut, hey, this is kind of a bad character. I shouldn't have done this. Taken steps to try and correct it, and it just didn't work out uh, in a in a good enough way. Um, that uh, the original actress was happy with. So, I yay! At least you tried. Don't do that yeah. again. Um, but I do think the the history of film and uh asian americans and asian characters within like uh the queer culture is not a very positive one uh depictions uh, this depiction would fall heavily under what is commonly referred to as the vietnamese prostitute trope uh even though the character is not vietnamese they just kind of grouped all the Asian characters into this one based off uh, Vietnamese uh, escorts during the Vietnam War. Um, and adding, like, the subtitles, I can see that, like, they were trying to make it over the top and actually a parody of things, but it just doesn't work. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, is that the, this entire movie is over the top. It's got over-the-top performances, over-the-top butt plugs, over-the-top <laughs> nipples and dick prosthetics. And so if any, if anything, like, I can see the argument that's being made that this is supposed to be an over-the-top portrayal of all these stereotypes. But I just don't think it works because it's way too awkward of a subject to be tackled by a comedy movie. That's my that's my thing yeah. about it. <laughs> but, um, I agree. Let's see, y'all, y'all stole that point already. Um, but like, like I said, like this movie, there's a lot of retrospection, and even the director has talked about things he wasn't that fond of that came that came from this movie. Um, and the director's cut came out last year. So, uh, do you think a movie like this would be as accepted now as it was then? Mm, no. I think there is a time, there was a time and a place in the zeitgeist for like American Pie and American Pie kind of like adjacent movies. And I think that time has passed. Like, it was fun while it lasted. Like, we we loved it, and then we let it go. We didn't really have a poop joke now that I think about it, but we did have a pee joke in first period. Does that count? Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think that counts. <laughs> let it be known, it is canon. <laughs> first period. <laughs> it's a continuation of this movie. First <laughs> oh my gosh um so this movie obviously parodies a lot of tropes uh in not just mainstream films but gay films around the time what do you think some of the things it would parody if it was made today tiktok um, gay culture tiktok gay culture <laughs> uh <laughs> Good night, that everyone. Thing in Grinder, <laughs> that thing, that thing on Grinder, where your home basically comes a revolving door for tops in the area. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that reminds me. How nice is it that they actually used Manhunt, like an actual website, and didn't like invent their own bullshit dating app, like some movies I could mention. (laughs) Is it just me? (laughs) I don't... No, I don't think it is just you. Eating out three. (laughs) 
Sorry, I've had this cough all day. It's it's, it's a so problem. strange. The strangest thing. I think the one thing about this movie mm-hmm. that just really I'm disappointed in, besides the racism, um, is uh, Scott Thompson is just aggressively, uh, and Scott Thompson is like one of the best like gay comedians that came out of like the sketch comedy eras. Like he was in Kids in the Hall. We had Graham Chapman from uh, Monty Python that kind of rivaled him, but. Graham Chapman wasn't exactly, like, um, out and proud, for the most part. He wasn't really, like, queer icon status. Comedy icon status, definitely, but, like... Scott Thompson, like, he's done... He's he's done, like, specifically, you know, gay jokes and gay sketches, and has been really funny at them, like, watch his baseball joke, uh, or his baseball sketch. Um... But, like, I think there's only, like, one joke that I laughed at, and then I felt really bad at laughing at in this. And it just feels... No, it was a good joke. It was a really good joke. Okay. I know which joke you're talking about. I read your notes. It's a good joke. <laughs> but, like, it feels like he just, for some reason, just doesn't hit any, like, of the jokes. Uh, like, he usually does. And I don't know if that's the directing or... Uh, he just didn't have like time to like really get get into it, kind of thing. But um, I know they I know this was like a rushed production, but um, it's just kind of disappointing. Graham Norton I didn't have very much like faith in because I don't really like Graham Norton as as a comedian. Uh, but like Graham Norton had a few like r- pretty funny jokes in it, um, and just like just the props of like um, his. Um, <laughs> um, outfit uh was just like hilarious to me his traffic cone nipples and large prosthetic penis <laughs> that was that one actually did me. yeah that one was actually to me. it's just so, see that's the over the top i want and uh like <laughs> when you think of like 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 big leather daddy like bdsm like mega top I mean, you do kind of think of, like, big chunky penis piercing and traffic cone nipples. Like, that to me rings so true. I can't believe we <laughs> didn't see a real penis in this. Well, more, no, we, yeah, there were some real penises. There, there's, like, one in the um, in in the shower scene, and that's the only... Then there was the guy on the dating app who sent the picture oh, yeah. with his penis out. That was a real penis. And then... There was the million dollar uh, uh, daddy that Nico goes after. Uh, we see his real penis. Too. I didn't see that one. Although I think most of the pen, uh, it was like like a blink and you'll miss it sort of deal. But I think most of the penises in this movies are like super cop outs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Like this had real like two penis potential. And I feel like it only kind of lived up to it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll get lots more penises in the sequel. Um. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> the fact that they made a sequel in the first place is enough to, like, submit sub- cement that idea in my so, brain. So based on this movie, what are your expectations for the sequel? Um, Big Mess. Yeah, honestly, more of the same, but even more over the top. Will it make you feel better to know a spoiler? Sure. Hit us with it. Three of the four main characters are replaced. Oh, really? Let me guess which three. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that sums up another gay movie discussion. So, um... (laughs) That's another gay movie discussion complete, so let's just sum this up. Amelia, does this movie make you want to have a sex pact with me and Ro, or have your mother walk in while you're getting acquainted with the quiche? I used to love quiche. <laughs> quiche loves you too. I feel so violated. I used to really love quiche. 
<laughs> but did you love this movie? Nah. Nah. It's enough of me, dog. I'm looking, I'm looking for a nice quiche to settle down with. <laughs> Bro, did this movie make you realize the real virginity for was friendship? Or make you realize that you need to read the directions on enemas more clearly? Um, <laughs> I'm, let me put it this way. I'm glad I watched this movie, but I'm not going to watch it again. Well, I... Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't listen to them enthusiastic fans of this movie. This movie was great. A+. plus. Go watch it. Buy it. Buy the director's club. Buy all of them. Give them money. Love me. Don't don't send me angry. Yeah, I can understand what I can understand why people love this movie. Let me put it that way. Like if you do love this movie, like if it holds that place in your heart, like more power to you. Like there's something for everybody. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, maybe the sequel will. Uh, anyway. Uh, got it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or ended up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayCapod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nato Kitch, and let's see what next week's movie is. Oh no, another gay sequel. This podcast is not sponsored by Tubi, <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> Tubi. Hit me up, Tubi. Tubi. It's movies up. for your boobies. Give us money. <laughs>